you're listening to the Quiet Rebels podcast, episode number 46. And in this episode, my lovely, this is going to be a first for all of us because this is the first ever coaching episode on the Quiet Rebels podcast. So if you've been a listener for quite some time, you may know that around the end of February this year in 2020, I reached out to you to ask your for your feedback on what you would like to see next, what you already enjoy and all the things. And one of the ideas that I wanted to try out was coaching episodes, because I know that as my business grows, I may not be able to provide individual help for every single person. And the reason for that is because unfortunately the bandwidth, it just changes as we all grow. And so I thought, hey, let me think of a way that I can help you. And so this is where the coaching episode comes into play. And this coaching episode, I thought of it as a win-win-win situation, like a three-way win. So it's a win for the person who's stepping up to the plate for the coaching episode. It's a win for you because you get to literally like tune in as a fly on the wall or like something more majestic. You can be a dragon on the wall if you want to. But either way, you get to tune into our conversation where maybe there's going to be an insight or two which you can take away and implement into your own business. Because I got to tell you, there have been so many times in online communities that I'm a part of where people reach out to me directly and they say, thank you so much for asking the question that I wasn't ready to ask. Because I know that when you ask questions, it's a reflection of you, right? And so I feel like that's almost the same benefit that happens here on a coaching episode. Maybe there are some questions, maybe there are some things that you didn't even know to ask, but someone else has because they've stepped up to the plate as a coachee, I suppose. (laughs) But anyway, so I'm so excited to introduce this concept to you, my lovely, because if I get some great feedback and this is something that you like doing, then we are going to keep going. Because when I put the call out for this, it was in February. There were a handful of people who did apply for a coaching session, and so I've only picked three for now. But if you let me know by the end of this episode that you really like this coaching style, then I might just open up the applications again for you to potentially be on the podcast yourself as a coachee. So without further ado, I'm so, so excited to introduce you to our coachee of the day. This is Michelle Newell. And when she came to me, honestly, and when we're talking in the green room, I couldn't believe the amount of experience that she already has. So for her major question, it was about how to transfer a pivot, if you will, all of her skills that she's received and earned through the corporate world, like through her corporate experience, and how she's able to translate that into an online business. So if you're somebody who doesn't quite know how to encapsulate all of your skills and your knowledge and your expertise from one area to another, you're going to want to listen to this episode. And plus, Michelle is such a superstar because she takes on a challenge that I set for her at the very end. So at the end of each episode, as well as recapping the biggest takeaways and my insights I've gathered from the call, I also finish with a challenge. And so if you're in the same shoes as Michelle, or maybe you're somebody who just doesn't quite know, like maybe you're already in business, but you're not sure how to fully own the expertise that you have in all areas of your life, you're going to want to be along for the journey as I walk Michelle through this coaching episode. And so let's get into it. This is the place to be if you want the courage to live your life and run your business in a way that's true to you. Contrary to what you might think, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard. But here's the thing. There's no time for you to be playing small anymore because you can make an impact on the people you want to help in this world by showing up and owning your message. And it is my personal mission to support you on your journey with every single episode. 
I am your host, Meike Sang, and it is my honor to welcome you to The Quiet Rebellion. Let's dive in. Hello, my dear Quiet Rebels. I am so excited to be here with you today with a very special guest. And now my special guest is actually a very brave soul who has decided to step up to the plate for the first episode of Ask MK. So I think that's what I'm going to call it. (laughs) And what Ask MK is, is a coaching style of episode where, again, a brave soul steps up to the plate and to, you know, really share what's on their mind and what's on their heart right now, what's stopping them from moving forward. And the goal of these coaching episodes is to help them to move forward where they are right now and hopefully to inspire you along the way. So please join me in welcoming Michelle Newell. So Michelle, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me on and hello from Melbourne. Oh, hello. Indeed. I've got <laughs> So bless her soul, it's around 10 p.m. at night. And so she I really appreciate you coming on, Michelle. So, now I'm excited to be here. Yes. And I'm so excited to have you as well. So please do tell us, like, what inspired you to show up today for this coaching session? I heard you speaking on somebody else's podcast, and I'm not sure who's now because I've heard you quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so taken by your enthusiasm and your passion for what you were doing. And part of me thought, I want what she has. I want to be showing up for work every day and being able to speak about it in that really excited way like you do about the work that you do with people. And I hadn't been feeling excited about work for a long time. I've done a lot of job hopping through different industries, different types of careers, And I just really feel that it's time for me to find my own place and create my own place work-wise so that I can really just be myself, be authentically me in business and bring the best of everything I've learned in my different jobs into a new kind of pathway for myself. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you for letting me know that because I didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's not something that we spoke about. So Mm. you shared with me in the form that you filled out that you would love to be able to help female run small to medium business owners to help them tell Mm. their brand story so could you tell us what has intrigued you about this area and what's kind of stopping you from fully owning it so in terms of why brand story I'm really fascinated by story and the way that it brings people together it brings communities together and not every story speaks to every person certain stories speak to certain communities and certain individuals And I'm really fascinated by the psychology behind storytelling. I also love people. I'm quite a feminist, so I'm really keen to work with female-led businesses or businesses that employ a lot of women because I think it's often our stories that are the most quiet and aren't at the forefront. And a lot of women are a bit afraid to step up, be themselves, find their story and tell their story to the world. And so in starting this business, I'm doing that for myself. And I hope that I can also potentially help women entrepreneurs or running their small or medium-sized businesses to do the same thing, to find and tell their stories and be really successful at what they want to do with their lives. Mm, I feel your passion literally (laughs) from you as you speak about this. (laughs) Thank you. Welcome. I used to be a teacher as well, so I love teaching. And so I'm really about empowering people. I don't just want to have a business where I'm doing everything for people. I want to bring them on a journey with me and show them how they do things, how you do brand storytelling, how you market, so that ultimately they can keep things ticking along by themselves. It becomes a natural part of the way that they are in their business. 
Mm. And teaching is not your only experience. So in the green room, you had a, a lot that <laughs> kind of blew me away. So could you kind of share with us, like, because you mentioned at the beginning, like you kind of like hopped in different jobs, and you kind of fell into different. Uh, so let's paint the entire picture. Of- yeah, I have job hopped so much, and for so long I've been trying to hide that. Especially now with something like LinkedIn. If you're applying for a traditional employer, they want to know why we were only in this job for a year and. I've been doing that for maybe 10, 15 years now, this job hopping. It doesn't look good for those traditional employers who really value like continuity and people staying and developing their skills. So I originally started out as a high school teacher. I taught English and history. And then I moved to London partly to reinvent myself. It was before the recession and you could really hop around any job. People were willing to take you on. So I was in sales for a little while, but I shifted over to designing and building schools with architects and I have no experience and this is also another trait of mine I tend to not have experience jump in the deep end and figure out how to do it and so um, my first week on the job I had to get this excel spreadsheet and design a school and say how many classrooms there would be for how many teachers and students never done it before and ended up doing that for eight years on and off as well as doing other roles as well I did some postgrad study I also didn't tell you this in the green room I've got postgrad in museum studies I've got a postgrad in arts management. So I was curating a literary festival for a while. I kind of fell into marketing though. And that's when I really found my passion. And that was for the City of London Corporation. That's the bit of London that has all those really cool, crazy buildings like the Gherkin. And I did comms there for some engineering projects. I worked on an arts project there. Then I came back to Australia. And that's when marketing really took off for me. And I've been job hopping around different kinds of marketing roles for the last few years. So, And I finally just think, oh, my gosh, it's time to stop falling into these other jobs and create something that's really me and that I want to stick with because it is a me-shaped box rather than me trying to fit into other people's, the shapes of roles that other people have created. Mm, oh my goodness so that is quite a journey <laughs> that you've been on and I don't think I've met anyone with your kind of like really a huge variety of experiences and so I want to ask you mm. is it intriguing mm. that you mentioned that you don't have experience but you go for it anyway so yeah taking that mentality what allowed you to keep moving forward even though you didn't have the experience because for many people they get hostile complex and they're like oh I'm not good enough to do this I just like what helps you to keep going? That's what I'm intrigued about because it's something that I feel yeah. like a big strength of yours. So how did you do that? I think it's a few a few different things. I'm a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. So in something, I want to do it well. But I think like a lot of people, I'm really tough on myself. I have this kind of tough love thing that makes me quite stoic about pushing through. And that comes from a family where a very religious family, a father who's a minister, And, you know, once you're in something, you work, you stick it out and you stay there and you do it and you do it well. But I also love to learn. I'm just naturally very curious. And so I love that opportunity to learn new skills, whether that's learning how to use WordPress or learning InDesign and learning a bit of graphic design or going to a philosophy class or something like that. It's very much a trait of mine where once I've learned something and I feel like I've mastered it, I'm almost ready to move on. And that's, I think, why branding appeals to me because I love that the rebranding, freshening something up for somebody, not that business as usual, but being there for that really exciting, creative, innovative phase and then stepping aside and letting somebody else sort of carry it forward. When I had to do these different things, like having to tell architects 
how to rearrange rooms in a building. And it was things as a teacher, I had an understanding of how it would work. I understood people and the psychology of the space, which is my input was valuable. But that was scary telling these incredibly talented, creative people. And sometimes I was bluffing, you know, (laughs) as well. Sometimes you've got to, I know people say fake it till you make it and that's not so popular anymore. But I think keep on learning in the background and turn up the next day knowing how to do it. It's something I learned as a teacher, actually, when I taught history. I didn't know everything. I had to study it the night before and then be the expert the next day. Wow. Mm. Okay. So I feel that your past experience there, it is going to be able to set you up to be able to apply it for your business idea. And so I'm curious as to what's holding you back because you have a history with your past experience of like jumping in before you know everything. So what's kind of preventing you this time for the business? That's a really good question, actually, because when you put it like that, I think, yeah, hang on, what is it really that's holding me back? Because I've been so successful with everything else that I've jumped into. I think, I guess when you're in corporate land, you have that safety net, you know, you're getting your pay every month. You know that the buck stops with somebody else if something goes wrong, I suppose. So there's that, there is that element of risk about starting your own business. I think as well, it's something to do with being a woman. I've had the opportunity to do some amazing things for different companies in the past, but I've probably always been underpaid for what I've done. I've never really been paid what I'm worth skills-wise and I've realised that a lot really. Just in the last 6 to 12 months, I really owned that was partly the problem of the system but also partly me not valuing the skills that I was bringing to the table and not being able to ask what I'm worth. And so I think there's maybe a bit of that holding me back as well. Like when I'm having to have one-on-one conversations with clients in future, you know, feeling embarrassed to ask for what my work is actually really going to be worth, that's scary. Mm, yeah 100% just the like there is no full person you are the full person essentially like it's yeah wrong it is yeah very and so I think what's important to kind of discuss here is the drive that you have for having your business Mm. instead of staying in corporate because you said that you're you know yeah let's go deeper in that so I'm gonna ask Mm. you three questions okay okay number one what breaks your heart about what you see in these female entrepreneurs who have small to medium mm-hmm. businesses, what breaks your heart about them, about how they're being served right now? Wow, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm noticing a lot at the moment, actually, in a lot of the branding for those businesses, it's still quite feminine and quite pretty. And there's a thing that in order to be successful, we have to perhaps play up to our femininity a bit pretty cursive writing and we're also lovely and smiling on social media and we've got our best hairstyles and and you just don't see that from men they just stand up and own their skills and their stories for what they are all the sugar coating around it I've even found it in my own with when I was developing my own business because I've been working I've launched the website I have a male partner who has a business and said just do it for heaven's sake it's not perfect just put it out there and I didn't feel ready, but I just, you know, I did it. So, but in doing that branding, I kept second guessing myself all the time about the way I was writing and how would I be perceived? How, what are people going to think of this? If you can find your really authentic story, you connect with the people who matter and everything else falls away and you can be what you want to be. And there will be people out there who want what you're offering and who listen to you, even if you're a bit weird or you don't fit the traditional kind of stereotype of a female run business. Yeah, I just think there's room for all kinds of diversity 
that's what I hope I can bring out in my business. I've almost forgotten the question. <laughs> the question was what breaks your heart. And I think what oh, yeah. I'm gathering here is that you feel that, like, you know, please correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like mm. you feel that female entrepreneurs can only feel like they can be successful if they fit into that one size that's all successful female box, which is a pretty yeah. And so it sounds like yeah. what breaks your heart is that they don't feel like they can be honest with themselves and they have to put their most beautiful like externally beautiful foot forward in order to be taken seriously is is that what I'm hearing I feel that yeah I mean I know that's not like that for all female-led businesses but I think for many it is yeah okay interesting Um, and also yeah it's just that fear I want to help other people overcome their fear of just being themselves even if they are that pretty version all the time which some women are very lucky enough to be it's just about everyone being able to be themselves. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at my Instagram, I've only got three photos on a storytelling business, but the very first photo I put on was of me pulling a really unattractive face. If you swipe, the second one is me doing my social media face pose with the, the nice lips. But I just thought, you know what, stuff it. I always pull faces. I'm known for pulling faces. Oh my God, me too. Yeah, that's oh, the, really? That's why I get followers sometimes. I post a ridiculous picture because I have a picture yeah. when my photographer caught me in mid-action as I was screaming because there was a wasp on the window and I'm like terrified of them. Okay. And then people love that photo. <laughs> yeah, because it's you. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, okay, we're definitely going to have to link up you to Instagram because I know that, you know, yeah. us, myself included, is very curious about that image that we're talking about. Um, <laughs> all right, so that's really interesting to know. And so I guess mm. that um, plays off. So that's like your compassion that you have for others. And now I want to talk about the injustice. So what mm. is part of my language? Because like you guys know that I don't swear very much and I don't know if this counts as a swear <laughs> word. Anyway, what pisses you off about what is currently out there is going to be like a mirror to mm-hmm. what we just talked about. So, but what actually like pisses you off that makes you feel like, Oh, I, I need to be here in order to make this like stop happening. So what pisses you off about these females who you want to help, like how they're being served and mm. they're following what's the misguided advice that they're receiving. So what, what are you supposed to Oh thinking? my gosh. We could do 10 podcasts on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> I get so tired of people saying, women, there's not an issue. There's no difference between men and women. We're going for 50-50 with CEOs of companies, et cetera, et cetera. And we're just not there. We're not there. It is a different playing field for women. It's not a level playing field. And I'm probably a bit controversial in that I think women make up more than 50% of the population. We're slightly more than men. So I think actually, if anything, we should be elevated a little bit. 50-50 in management, let's see a little, a few more women on the board, you know, than men. But I get tired of those messages because I think we do need to do things differently and additionally and specially for women and women-led businesses because the system is not set up in our favour. Mm many ways and I don't have children myself but I have a partner who is to all intents and purposes a single dad so basically have some stepkids and a lot of the work will traditionally fall on women when they get home there is still that expectation there and I mean that plays out very differently I guess in corporate land but I think I'd like to help work with women businesses just to enable them a little bit more to get their voices out, to get past all that noise that's trying to tell them that everything's fine for them and they don't need to be treated any differently. Sorry, I'm not giving you any statistics and facts here. This is really oh, quite no, passionate no. feeling <laughs> that I have. 
that's this is good. But, this, mm. this obviously is something that drives you a lot. It's the injustice that you see, the inequality, and how women can set up for success. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, I don't think they're, and I think we're just seeing a real movement now of women supporting women, and it's fantastic. You know, there's so many resources out there now. But interestingly, when I was doing the branding for my storytelling business, my partner, who's a man, and he's got two companies, he has had three in the past. So, you know, he's a real businessman. And he said to me, oh, because I've got a love heart in my branding. Oh, are you sure about that? That's a little bit girly. You know, why would you appeal to women? Like you're cutting out half the population. To, and I really want a niche with women because I think there's a real need there. And women are fantastic to work with. They're innovative and they're risk takers in the right environment. And I think it's going to be a lot more fun. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All righty. And then my third question of this trio mm. is, because you know what breaks your heart now and what pisses you off, yeah. what is the major problem that your business solves for them so that there's no more injustice and there's no more heartbreaking? Mm-hmm. So what is the major problem that your business is aiming to solve? You're really making me think, you know. I know I'm sort of answering, <laughs> I'm spending a long time on my answers. I that's the teacher in me. Sorry, I'm just good at talking a lot. Yes. But uh, hearing you say this, I think, oh, wow, yeah, this is something that I need to think about a lot more because, to be honest, a lot of me setting up this business has been about me. What's going to work for me? What do I want to do? And why do I want to do it for me? in terms of getting out of corporate land, creating a business where I can just be myself and be a little crazy and quirky when I want to be and nobody's going to say, hey, Michelle, you know, sit up straighter on your chair and face your computer. So, yeah, that's something I really need to think about a little bit more, I think. Okay. So I'm not quite going to let you off the hook there. but No, I knew you wouldn't because you told me you were going to take me into a deeper That's good. I want you to. <laughs> Help me make okay. <laughs> I shall, I shall. So, so first of all, it's mm. okay to run a business that you're proud of because it sounds like you're almost like, oh, I know business for other people, but I also want this. That is totally fine. Yeah. Things you want so that you can... Mm facial expression and still be seen as professional but just someone who's playing yes like myself yes. right so there's a balance between the two about what you want and what mm. your market needs so do you feel that there's a disconnect there or do you feel like you need to lead the charge first with your own process so you're like oh yes I've done it myself and therefore I can do it for others because where a lot of the confidence comes from of being able to own your space is either you have the results for yourself or you have the results for someone else. Now, because you're looking to launch, Mm. it's likely that you don't have that social proof yet from other people. So you have two options, really. I mean, like to give you an example, the podcast guesting service that I now run Mm -hmm. and the group programs I run, the confidence came because I did it myself first. So I knew that's where it for me. And then I extended it to other people, kind of like testing it out. And then I realized there, that's really something here. Then I started to expand, expand, expand. So have Mm. you taken yourself through your own storytelling process? Because you understand the psychology of people. You've written fiction for 10 years. So you know how of stories. So have you done that for yourself? Or are you looking to like, try the process out with a couple of of your first clients I mean where are you yeah so I have done the process a number of times when I was formally employed so I've done a few rebrands and a lot of content marketing a lot of digital social media setup website development so I've done it in that context but it's so interesting that you say to me have I done it for my own business because 
yeah, I thought about it and I did a few bits and pieces, but I certainly haven't gone to the depths that I would go for clients. And that's probably a gap, actually. That's something I can go to on the weekend and really think about it. But I think as well, what I've realized is that I take a lot of the things that I can do for granted and I just sort of assume everybody knows how to do this stuff. And then I talk to people about what I do and they're just, it's like a light bulb goes on and they've never thought about it that way before. So for example, I think I told you in my questionnaire beforehand that I've accidentally got my first client meaning to, because when I was setting up my business, I found an accountant and I was looking for a female run, predominantly female accounting business. And that was a challenge. I thought, oh, I'll just Google this. No. So somebody needs to own some SEO there. And so I was chatting to my accountant about my business and she said, well, I'm actually launching a new business for women. It's going to be called Propel Her. She's, she currently has an accounting business called Propeller, but it's Propel Her for female entrepreneurs. Um, and she said, would you like to put in a proposal for what you would do for my my new brand? And so I've put together some ideas and she was just blown away and, and she hadn't thought of so many different kinds of she could do. She was just going to set up the website and I said, well, have you thought about who's your audience? Which kind of women do you want to reach? How do you want to help them? Why do you want to help them? What is working with you going to look like? So having those kind of conversations, which has become a bit second nature to me in roles I've done in the past, I've realized that for other people, it's quite novel. Yeah. So I guess that's what I want to do with people. It's not just the branding, the content, the storytelling. It's that almost that business development side of things as well, getting them to really think about their clients and the people that they're going to work with, getting in their head and offering something that's valuable for the world. It's a big statement, not maybe not valuable for the world, just valuable for the client, but you know what I mean. Oh, no, no, no. Don't you diminish yourself there. You're not allowed to do that. (laughs) Yeah, true. That was such a woman thing to do. A man would not have done that. That, Yeah, that is very true. And (laughs) the fact that you have accidentally gained a client just because you talked about Mm. how passionate you are, that is already telling you that there is a need for what you do out there. Yeah. So when it comes to second guessing our own skills and abilities, that is very, I find it's a very female thing to do that we underestimate Mm. ourselves a lot. Yeah. I feel that if you're able to successfully sign on this client, you apply the process to yourself. I think naturally that will provide mm. you with confidence to put yourself out there more because you definitely have the, all the skills. Who yeah. knows? There may be some quiet rebels who are listening. My lovelies, if you do want to have your brand story told in a way that's authentic to you, please do reach out to Michelle. I'm just about to some ideas and maybe there might be a way to collaborate there for sure. So mm. like, let me ask you now, Michelle, Like from the beginning yeah. when we started this call, like, how are you feeling right now? What is one step, whether it's the easiest or the quickest thing that you can do that can make the biggest impact? What would that be in order for you to like officially launch this business? Because I feel like you're literally, you're the yeah. literally like by the yeah. finish line. Like imagine you're in a, in Mario Kart, right? I say this reference because I literally played Mario Kart the other night. <laughs> literally behind the finish line, you have paused, you're not moving forward, but you're not going back. You've gone through the entire course, like nearly three times, yeah. literally at the last inch before you cross the finish line to take your placement. So what will it take for you mm-hmm. to hit go? I have to say, firstly, just having this conversation, I feel so much more confident. Like it's crazy. And I can't remember all the things we talked about, but you've left me with this feeling that I can do it and I do have the skills. The first thing that I will do, oh, my gosh, maybe I'll do a Facebook ad. (laughs) 
I want to think of a way to just shout out that I am here. So whatever that might be, but it's about raising my voice and being loud and just not hiding because, yeah, the website's live, but I haven't really done much with that week and a half. I'm kind of hiding. I haven't even told my friends. And I spoke to one of my best friends today for her birthday. And she said, what have you been up to? And I didn't say a thing about the storytelling business. You know, like I'm hiding it. So I'm going to think of some ways to shout out loudly that it's here and I'm ready for you, world. You hear that, world? Michelle's ready for you. (laughs) (laughs) Michelle, here's what I'm going to task you to do. This is a challenge for you. Okay, Right. So I was intrigued when you said a Facebook ad and I wonder mm. why that was. Is it because it's like a bigger reach in a small amount of time or is it something else? Like before I yeah, I guess the challenge, I'm default in default mode for the big, yeah, the, the big reach. Quickly. Okay. The big reach. Right. Okay. So from, I'm actually doing Facebook ads myself. Okay. That is great. I think the biggest challenge mm. actually isn't about you being loud to a big group of people, but actually telling mm. the closest to you that you're making it happen because they are going to hold yeah. you accountable way more yeah. than a sea of people who yeah. don't. <laughs> so I want you to speak to 10 of the closest people to you. They can be your friends. They can be your family, mm-hmm. be, you know, your fellow business owner peeps that you have connected with already on LinkedIn or like wherever you're showing up online. Pick mm-hmm. 10 people. And tell them this is what you're doing because here's what happens. When you tell people what you do, even if you're not a direct fit for them, it may be a matter of time. Or even if you're not good fit for them, they may know someone who is. So you need to keep telling people that's what you do. This is how you get yourself out there. And that's kind of what I did first because new to something, you don't know whether you can pull it off. But I love you have the resilience to push it through, even if you don't know something, because there's always going to be a first time for us to do anything in our lives, right? And here's the thing, we never know how it's going to happen, but we make sure that happens to the best of our ability. And that is what you have tenfold, right? So Mm -hmm. this is my challenge to you to tell like 10 close people to you, friends, family, fellow peers in the entrepreneurial space and let them know what you do. Okay. I love that idea. Yep. I'm up for it. I'm going to do it. (laughs) All right. Brilliant. Yeah. So tomorrow's absolutely fine because it's like nearly 11 PM for you. So I forgive you for that. Yeah. (laughs) It's way past my bedtime. <laughs> way past bedtime. So appreciate that you're here. And so, Michelle, let's uh, wrap up everything that we spoke about today. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear from you. What is your biggest takeaway from this? And then I'm just going to share. Actually, maybe I should share first and then we, we finish with your takeaway. Okay. So Lovely. what I learned from you, both in the green room and from mm-hmm. live on this call today, you have shown me that you have a plethora or plethora of experience <laughs> So many different industries, so many different job roles. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that's told me is not the fact that you're flaky. You have the Mm -hmm. courage to try new things, to not know things perfectly, but you still go for it anyway. And you figure out a way to serve the people who have asked for your help. That is something that you can 100% transfer into your own business, where there are going to be a lot of things that you don't know how to do for the first time, but you'll make it happen mm-hmm. because it's been like drilled into you like, from your own upbringing to stick to what you start with, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. have 100%. You have a very unique background in writing fiction. You've fallen into marketing. You built schools in London for eight years. You've been a history, um, history teacher. So that already tells me that in the future, I foresee that your teaching skills are going to almost create like an online course or a group program where mm. you meet a group of people, um, you know, yeah. through your process after you have 
solidified the process through working with one-on-one clients. So you kind of see how it yeah. works in industries for different women. Mm-hmm. So that is what I foresee yeah. for you. And mm-hmm. I, I honestly don't know why you haven't launched yet because I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I had this experience. I would have so <laughs> gone with it. And so you being able to like stand up for the women who have yet to raise their voices or to share mm-hmm. their voices even, you know, this is why your business matters is because yeah. you see the injustice that happens right now. You see yeah. like how they feel like they need to be and you just want to be that voice for them. Like, hey, let's hear your unique voice. If you want to pull silly faces, let's do them together. Yeah. If you want to, <laughs> uh, I don't know, um, wear crazy outfits instead of the, the sleek, um, well-fitted stuff, do it, yeah. you know? So I feel that you are that voice amplifier people as they tell their stories mm-hmm. last time. That is a fabulous word, amplifier. Mm. Yeah. I know you said it was my turn to say one thing that I had could take away, and I think you've just summed it up far more beautifully than I ever could, being put on the spot. But I really feel, I just feel like I know it's going to happen now. Like I have hope and faith, I suppose. Yeah, that's how I feel now, that the business is going to launch successfully and this is my future. Makes my heart so warm just to hear you say that. Oh, so Michelle, I want to say thank you so much for you know being the bravest soul that I know to (laughs) step up to play and have the first coaching session on the Quiet Rebels podcast. I want to say thank you, Mm -hmm. and I would love for you to share where people can find you if they want to connect with you, if they want to be one of the ten people that you tell your business to officially. I mean, where can (laughs) find you? So share with us your website and your social media links. Okay, so my website is The Storytelling Business mm-hmm. and it's just thestorytelling.biz, B-I-Z. I oh, if that's going to become tricky in the future or if that was a clever little twist, but we shall see. So <laughs> storytelling.biz and then it's the same on all the socials as well. Oh, except for LinkedIn, it's me, Michelle Newell. Okay. Um, yeah, it's the same. All right, brilliant. So Newell, my lovelies, it's spelt like jewel but with an N. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So be sure to link that up in the show notes um, for everyone. And I have two more final questions for you, Michelle. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, like if you've listened to the Quiet Ripples podcast before, which I know you have, then you may know Mm -hmm. what you are. So number one, what makes you a quiet rebel? I'm always pushing the boundaries, but in a very subtle way. I'm not loud about it. I can be loud, but I like to, yeah, to challenge people's ideas in a really gentle way and get them to see things differently. I love this. Yes, 100%. And finally, mm-hmm. when my Quiet Rebels audience hears the sound effect, it means it's time for a fact of the day. So normally I do this for myself and for other guests. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to extend this to pretty much anyone who ever appears on this podcast. And so what that sound effect refers to is that it's time for a fact of the day. So, Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, Michelle, what is one weird or fun fact about you that many people won't know, like they can't easily find this on your website or your social media, what is something that only we can know so we can feel even more connected to your unique brand? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, this is how uncool I am. (laughs) When I was in year 12, if I tell you how long ago that was, you'll know how old I am, but that was in 1993, I was the Australian national organ playing champion not a cool pipe organ like you see in a church but one of those kind of ones that a granny would play at home alone on a Saturday afternoon 
that was me. And I thought I was really fantastic because we used to do this thing called double pedals where you both your feet at the same time on the pedals like you were dancing. So that's just a really quirky fact about me, the National Australian Organ Playing Champion in 1993. Wait, hang on. We need to know. How did you become a champion? If you you weren't <laughs> you obviously at home, like no one goes to homes for organ playing. It was competitions. We would travel all around the state. So you'd have like your local competition, your statewide competition, and then, yeah, the national competition. Mm-hmm. It was a big thing back in the 90s. A lot of people were learning the organ. Wow. Okay. So yeah. please promise us on this call <laughs> that if you ever find another organ, like if you don't have one in your current home, if you ever find one, film a picture. <laughs> uh, sorry, not film a picture. Film a video and uh, show us <laughs> your, your national level champion <laughs> kind of <organ. laughs> It'll be on a VHS tape somewhere. My dad was proudly in the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, I still have a TV that plays VHS tapes. So (laughs) I'm going to post it to you in London. Please do. Pop down and you can, yeah, light entertainment. Oh my God. That's amazing. Oh, (laughs) it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today. So thank you so much for sharing what's been on your mind, what's on your heart. And I am so, so happy for you that now you have the faith and the hope and the confidence to move forward to make your business a reality. Thank you, Meike. Thank you so much for your generosity and your warmth and just your openness in doing this. And it's a real privilege to be the first person. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Didn't you just love Michelle? As soon as I jumped on a call with her, because Michelle and I, we didn't know each other right? And when she applied for the coaching call, I knew there was something about her application that just really spoke to me. And literally the moment that she came online onto the video, I just thought, okay, yeah, I really like this woman. And I hope that the conversation that we had was super, super helpful for you. As you can tell throughout the call, she did find some newfound faith and hope and confidence in herself to keep moving forward. And so my lovely, if you did enjoy this episode, please do screenshot it and tag us on Instagram. So tag me at makeasang.com as well as Michelle, the storytelling biz. Okay. So be sure to tag us both and to just send me a DM as well. I would love to hear from you for your insights. And if it's something that you still want me to continue on the podcast, because remember, this is the first of three that I have ready for you for the podcast. And if it's something that is valuable to you, then I might just open the doors again for more applications to come through to give you an opportunity to potentially come onto the podcast for your own coaching episode. So I really hope that you love this episode as much as I did recording it and let me know. So I look forward to receiving your DM when this episode airs. And even when it's like long after it airs, it's always a pleasure to hear your feedback on how you find these things because that really helps me to shape new creations that we have on the podcast. And I got some amazing ideas from fellow quiet rebels like yourself to make your listening experience even better. And so my lovely, thank you so much for tuning in today and I hope to see you same place, same time next week when we have another episode on the podcast coming out. So in order to stay notified, be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already and look forward to seeing you then. So that's all for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in and take care.